You are listening to the Hodges Huddle, where we discuss all things happening in the wide world of sports. Here is your KLSU sports team. Welcome into the Hodges Huddle. I'm your host, Andre Champagne, and today we are joined by Jaden Smith and Andon Brabham. How are we doing today, guys? Doing a lot better this week than I was last week. Got two victories over the weekend. Feeling good. Nice. Yeah, same here, man. Feeling optimistic. Optimistic, Jaden. That don't that don't happen too too much. Right? <laughs> uh, so we are now through the first week of the NFL and through week two of college football. So let's get into it. Starting off with the New Orleans Saints, they defeated the Tennessee Titans yesterday in a defensive heavy game by a score of sixteen to fifteen. Derek Carr's first game in the black and gold. He threw for 305 yards with a touchdown and an interception. So I'm going to start with you, Jaden, first. How would you evaluate Derek Carr's first game? Uh, I think he played really solid, <clears throat> especially considering that it was a debut. And I mean, who knows all the pressure he might have been feeling. And I feel like this is maybe the most consistent we can expect to see a quarterback play since the, the departure of Drew Brees. So, yeah, I think he did a really good job. Yeah, I'd agree. I think to what Jaden said, you know, you're always looking for consistency from right. that quarterback spot. Maybe not always a 10 out of 10, but not a 0 out of 10 every week. And I think Derek Carr gave you that solid 6 Middle. or 7 out yeah. of 10, and he was just fine. The Saints defense did their job. The special teams mostly did their job, and the Saints wound up with the win. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with you guys just because I saw some good things from Derek in terms of stepping up in the pocket and getting the ball away at times. But also Derek needs to know when the pocket collapses because – a lot of that happened, and, and he just kind of needs to get it away faster at times as well. I think if he uses his legs more, I think the Saints would be a lot more dangerous. He's a, he's a quick guy, like yeah. a like a mysterious kind, not mysterious, yeah, just he, like he, he sneaks like up sneaky, on you. Yeah, sneaky, that's what I meant, sneaky quick. But what does Carr need to do better in terms of just next week in production? Uh, what you said, step up in the pocket, because uh, from what I saw from the offensive line, I definitely don't think you can. Yep. you know, rely on them too much to give you too much time. So, yeah, he's definitely going to have to get the ball out just a little bit quicker because as the season progresses, we're only going to face better defensive fronts and things like that. So he's really going to have to get rid of the ball. Yeah, it's the same kind of thing. You know, the Titans are good de defensively. They're good up front, but they're not the best defensive front you're going to face yep. this year. And for Trevor Penning to get beat as bad as he did for that, basically – the entire left side of the offensive line yeah. to get beat as bad as they, as they did during that game. You know, I was listening to the radio, and I'm hearing Deuce McAllister almost blowing up on air because oh, yeah. of how bad Trevor Penning was during that game. You know, so it, it's it's really got to improve, and, and the way Carr handles that is, like y'all said, stepping up in the pocket, making sure the ball gets out quick. and also comes down to the play calling, too. Quick hitches, quick slants, stuff like that that helps get your receivers involved. Yeah, and I agree. I think not only does he have to step up in the pocket, I think he needs to get out of the pocket when he feels pressure. Just because of that speed, I, I like to see him play vertical sideline. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I like to see a quarterback that can kind of, which is his game. His game is yeah. like throw it downfield while you're not in the pocket. We saw a lot of that in Oakland and slash Las Vegas. But if there's no receiver open, I'd rather just wait, like rather him get sacked and throw up a bad throw yeah. like he yeah. did in that interception. Yeah. But that's Derek Carr's game is he's going to take the Take shot. risk. Yeah. He's going to take those risks. He's a gunslinger. He wants to get the ball out. Yeah. He wants to try and extend plays. He wants to make magic happen. So those interceptions are going to happen. Yeah. You know, I if you're a Saints fan watching that game, you're you're almost expecting him to make those kind of mistakes because that's just who he is as a player. Yeah, I agree. I think it's just going to be something that uh, 
the Saints are just going to have to live and die by. You know, yep. when when they connect on those deep balls and it's a 40, 50 yard game for it's gonna a be really nice. It's going to be really nice. But and when it's an interception, <laughs> the next play might turn, be yeah. Yeah, it's going to yeah. feel bad. You're going to feel like it was the dumbest decision in the world. So yeah. you just have to you know take it with a grain of salt. I agree. I and then the Saints offensive line. Let's address the issue here for them. Giving up four sacks on a day with seven tackles for lost total. Spot where New Orleans evidently struggled. Uh, it, it was the left side, like Andon said. Uh, Trevor Penning at left tackle, James Hurst at left guard. How concerning is this offensive line to y'all? I know it's early, which is you got to kind of take that into effect. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, you're talking about the offensive line. I don't think it's something that is necessarily an overwhelming concern. I think it's something that you have to think about and you're going to have to game plan for in the future. But it is something that, you know, Trevor Penning, this was really his first game of meaningful football in a long time. And James Hurst, that's his first time playing left guard in a long time. You know, last year it was James Hurst playing left tackle and you had Calvin Throckmorton playing left guard a lot of the time. So I think both of those guys are going to have to figure out how to gel in those spots. But I don't think it's something that, like it was with LSU, yeah. where you're pressing the red button, alert, alert, like, alert, yeah, this, this quick. has to, yeah, fix. Right. Yeah, I would have to agree. It's, <clears throat> it is week one, you know, and you can't really just get a full glimpse of what the season is going to be like in week one, but it's definitely something you should keep an eye out for because, I mean, that's arguably the most important unit on the field because if the offensive line isn't together, then the quarterback yeah, isn't and, and what really concerns me is that you didn't have much of a run game. I guess that's really what I yeah. didn't like seeing is you didn't establish the run game. That's really my biggest concern was for the offensive line. I think protecting Carr is going to get way better. Um, I think, obviously, the Titans' defensive line is, is one of the stronger uh, groups in the NFL, in my opinion. But um, I think that if you can establish a run game eventually, then you'll be okay. So I, I'll, I'll give the Saints the benefit of the doubt just because it's week one. But should there be a change in the line to protect Carr and kind of open up that run game? I don't think so. You know, I was talking about I, I had to listen yeah. to the game on the radio for most of it, and I heard Bobby A. Bear at halftime saying, I'd almost rather put Andrews Pete out there at left yeah. tackle. But I'm not I'm not sure I entirely agree with that. And I think Trevor Penning is a very good raw athlete. Everybody yeah. said that coming out. He's a great athlete. He's got good feet, but he's got to learn the position. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. And, and that's gonna take a lot of growing pains. It's gonna take a lot of time. But I think with this Saints offensive staff and these coaches, mm-hmm. I think they'll be able to get him developed. Yeah, I agree. I think it's a little too soon to just be talking about benching somebody or anything yeah. like that. Because like I said, it's week one. Trevor Penning, again, this is a, this is our first round pick from last year. I, so yeah. you really just have to give exactly. him time and just let him mold into being that player that Which, you envision yeah. him being. But if he's struggling, I think you have to put Andrews Pete out there. And, and not the entire game. I think you still let Penning see reps, but not as many reps, right? Um, without Kamara, though, how must the Saints use Jamal Williams? I think Jamal is... Very similar to Alvin Kamara. He doesn't have the explosiveness that Kamara has. He's not as straight line, quick in movement as Alvin Kamara is. But I think you have to use him a lot of the same ways. Get him out in the backfield. Get him chipping and then releasing into the Mm -hmm. flats. Get him involved in the pass game like you see a lot with Alvin Kamara because they have a similar skill set. They do. And Jamal Williams is also able, just like Kamara is, to run between the tackles with some power. But he doesn't necessarily always have to do that. That's not his game. Yeah, I agree. I think I don't think you need to overcomplicate this. I mean, like you said, this is a talented back himself. Uh, I think he led the league in touchdowns last year, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. So yeah, yeah, you really just have to let him play his game and just let him do what he does best. It's it's really that simple. That's when it's going to come down to. I just want to see him be more creative, like 
be more involved in the offense, uh, yeah. like creativity wise. Um, because if he's involved, obviously that takes off pressure on yeah. Derek Carr, um, and allows the Saints to kind of mix in the run and pass. But the Saints' defense was a highlight of Sunday's win. Uh, that they picked off Ryan Tannehill three times, forcing him to have the lowest QBR of his entire career. Is this a top three defense in the NFL? I'm gonna start off with you, Jade. I'm gonna say yes, based off of what I saw from Week One alone. I think I would put the Saints, the Jets, and the Cowboys all in that same tier. Nice. And the reason why is because it just the offense like couldn't score the ball. It's really right. just that simple. The way that we got off to such a bad start with fumbling the kickoff and everything like that, yep. that really could just deflate that. The team that could right set there. the tone. Yeah, right? yeah. It yeah. yeah. should right set there. the tone. Right. And they your defense stood, they stood tall. Yep. Got through the rain. Uh, weathered the storm and just you know made them settle for a yeah. field goal and I think that told the Titans right there okay we're gonna really have to work for this this isn't gonna be easy and yeah I really like the way the Saints played I like how they were just aggressive they weren't letting the the Titans control the tempo of the game so mm-hmm. yeah that's really what I like to see from them. yeah this is really you know kind of what you've expected from a Saints defense ever since Dennis Allen has been the defensive coordinator and now the head coach like Jaden brought up weather in the storm they're gonna mm-hmm. bend they're gonna give up yards but they're not going to break, and they're going to force takeaways. Yep. Last year, the Saints bent a lot, but they couldn't get those takeaways, so they broke a lot. Yeah. And that's why you ended up in a lot of high-scoring shootout games. But this is the kind of game I love to see from the Saints. If the offense yeah. can't get it done, this defense is going to hold you. When you get to the red zone, they're going to force takeaways to keep you from getting into the red zone, and they're going to make plays to keep the Saints in every single game. Yeah, I, I, and I agree with you guys. I think the Saints are easily going to be a top-three defense in the NFL this year. Strictly just like regarding from that DB position, they are yes. so solid and talented at that position. But not only that, they're young, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Paulson Adebo, that's that's two Alante years. Alante Taylor. Alante yes. Taylor, yeah. Just yeah. a lot of guys that you have and you can rely on. Uh, I mean, I think Adebo had a pick, right? Yeah. Uh, on Hopkins, too. So that's just something that you love to see. Guys shutting down such explosive offense where the Titans – I mean, I think Derrick Henry had one big play all night, yeah, he which was that screen. Play, the screen pass. Where Marcus May got obliterated. He yeah. really didn't do much of anything else that After whole game, that, though. he was silent, yeah. So, I mean, who are you most impressed with on Sunday? The entire defensive back room. You know, yeah. you, you name it, they played great. Marcus May, uh, Tyron Matthew, Marshawn Lattimore, even your guys lower down the depth chart, uh, Isaac Yadam, Hugo Amadi. Those guys had really good games. There was a tackle late in that game. When the Titans had the ball, it was still a really close game. Yep. They could go down and score and take the lead. And Hugo Amadi makes an open field tackle on Derrick Henry. How many times can you say that a corner is making He's an open that. field tackle by himself on Derrick on Henry? Derrick Henry. It's very impressive. Yeah. And it was a tackle for loss. It was one of the three tackles for loss the Saints had the whole day. Like that's it. one of those plays that you circle, you put a star around and say, that's the kind of plays that define a game. The entire defensive backroom deserved a game ball, in my opinion. Yep. Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, – Marshawn Lattimore, uh, I think he really looked like a top five, top ten corner in this game. And this is really what I've been expecting to see from him, especially, you know, he's been riddled with injuries yeah. last season and maybe even the season before <clears throat> that. But also right behind him, Alante Taylor. For a couple of years now, I've been looking for who's going to be that number two corner next to Marshawn Lattimore that really can just help him out and, most importantly, be consistent. And I really think yep. he can be the guy for this. I would completely agree with you. I think Marshawn Lattimore did phenomenal in terms of defending DeAndre Hopkins all day. Got a great interception, like in coverage. Uh, But he's starting to look like the old Lattimore that everybody has been, you know, talking about. And, you know, where is he? He's there. He's still there, trust me. But he's just, like you said, he's been 
battled with injuries along the way. But also a guy that I thought did phenomenal was Carl Granderson. I thought he did a really good job of getting to Tannehill. And then he stopped the run a lot um, yeah. when when they did try and run it. And I have a little bit of a point about Carl Granderson because Carl Granderson is a guy who it seems like the Saints keep trying to replace. You have brought in And he's just Tano doing pa- good. You yeah. brought in Tano Passanio from Kansas City Kansas to City. try and replace him. Kind of silent. You drafted Marcus Davenport. You've drafted Peyton Turner. But on all of those teams, whenever Carl Granderson rotates he's good. in, he's been making plays. He's good against the run. He's good at getting to the passer, like you said. Got to Tannehill a couple times. Carl Granderson is one of those guys that is almost an unspoken hero of this defense. Yeah. And shifting, we're going to shift now towards the Sunday night football game. We're going to go through this really quick because it was just... Wasn't much to talk about. Yeah, it was pretty embarrassing. (laughs) Dallas Cowboys, New York Giants. This one was ugly. 40 to nothing, man. Are the Cowboys for real this year, and do they have a shot for a Super Bowl? Jaden, let's go to you. I I think... They, I think yeah. they're for real. I think this is, this is the scariest I've seen the Cowboys look in your lifetime. In my a lifetime. long yeah. time. I was about, I was about to say, to say your lifetime, time, but my entire lifetime. They've had really good teams the past two seasons, but I think the way that I just saw this defense play and literally just from the opening kickoff, just impose their will against the Giants. Just you're not yep. getting anything. Like <laughs> this is what you'd like to see if you're a Cowboys fan. So yeah, I definitely yeah. think. It's time to start thinking about Super Bowl because, you know. Already? I mean, it's week one. It's week one. It's week one. Yeah, but it's Cowboys. So Cowboys, every year it's, you know, quote, unquote, their year. Their year, right? And they believe now. But I think you should feel better about that this year than any of the years prior. prior. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to pick a year to believe in in the Dallas Cowboys, this is the year. This is the year where you put your stock into them. That defense, like Jaden said, from the opening kickoff, the best drive the Giants had all game was the first one. one. And then they fumble, and then it's over. It was it was over. You could have called kick, the game yeah. right there. Yeah. Not the fumble, the block yeah. kick. They blocked the field goal. They bring it back, and it was done. The Giants just didn't know what to do, yeah. and they were overwhelmed entirely. And it was a complete domination from the Dallas yeah. Cowboys. In my opinion, the most complete team in the NFC right now is the Dallas Cowboys. And it's early, but I would agree with you. I mean, it pains me to say this, but I think it could be the year for the Cowboys. Yeah. They're super talented in literally every single position. Yeah. So there's no reason why they can't go out and perform like they did on Sunday night. Obviously, it's not going to come that easy yeah. in other games. But I think if Dak, it, it all comes down to Dak Prescott. If there's great quarterback play, like we've seen in certain games, if he can be consistently good, this team's going to be way more than just successful. They're going to go out on a run. Um, but what went wrong for the Giants? Is this as low as it gets for them? Yeah, I mean... I, I said it everywhere I could say it after that game. You only play your worst game once. Yeah, You're only going to play your worst game of football once this year, and I think that was about as bad as it gets <laughs> on all three sides from yeah. the Giants. But I don't necessarily think that we need to be smashing the red button on the and Giants. saying, oh, my God, the Giants are going to be terrible this year. This is a team that snuck up on a lot of people last year. They're playing a tougher schedule this year. They're playing some tougher teams. They need to step up to the competition and they just got bull rushed, man. It's it's it would be easier to pick out what went right for the Giants. If they on played, night. yeah. If they played another team, it, it's just hard to pick pocket them as they played Dallas, who's just yeah, really really. Dallas talented. is one of the yeah. best teams in football as it stands right and now. And to start off your season with them with tough game, a lot of question marks on your team. Tough game. Yeah, I agree. I think it's it's hard to get lower than losing to your divisional rival at home. You know, forty to zero. Like that's yeah. It's, it's hard to get lower at than home. that. 
So uh, hard to hard to draw that one up on the chalkboard. Yeah. yeah. So I think uh, I mean they hit. I mean I guess you hit rock bottom. Only place else to go is up. Yeah. You know? So <laughs> yeah, all you can do is really just move forward and just move on yeah. to next week. I mean, it's no sense of worrying about this team. They would really just. They were just outmatched. It really, yeah, it, it wasn't yeah. anything in literally every yeah. category. At yeah. some point, you know, the Giants, you just gotta flush it. As yeah. soon as yeah. the clock hits zeros, it's flush it. We're on the next week. We're gonna watch the film tomorrow morning. Let's just be done with it and prepare for the next week. Yeah. Yeah. Personally, I just think the Giants had way too much hype invested in their team after they went and beat a a Vikings team, a team in the playoffs who just lost to the Buccaneers. Yeah. Um. In week one, but to start off with, I, I don't think this defense had the pieces they need to go out and be contenders uh, week in and week out. Whereas the offense has had problems, but that's not their biggest problem. I think I do believe this is as low as it gets for them this year, though. I, I think lots of teams get wake up calls. Lucky for them, it was in the first game. Yeah, um, I'd rather it happen call, early. Yeah. yeah, if you're gonna get one, you want to get it in week one and not yeah. the divisional round in the playoffs like Minnesota did. Yeah, but is Daniel Jones the problem on offense? I think he's part of a of a, of a problem. bigger problem. I think he's a part of the fact that the Giants front office has a very hard time moving on moving on from people. You saw him do it with Eli. You saw him do it with even Michael Strahan and people like oh, that. Yeah. They weren't able to really Landon move Collins, on from those guys, guys like that. Yeah, they you, know? they you know, you weren't able to move on when these guys proved that they couldn't do it. You know, this was Daniel Jones's prove it year. Yeah. He got the money and now it was it was time to to put it up and right now as Not it stands after week one, he's, it's looking like the Giants made the wrong decision with the yeah. franchise tag. Yeah, I'd have to agree. And I think – I'm going to just put it like this. I just don't think Daniel Jones is – That the, good? He's just not the guy. Yeah. If, I, if I they can't, have yeah. hopes of winning anything meaningful, you're not going to do it with Daniel yeah. Jones. Yeah. He's just way too inconsistent. He's. I don't think he's that talented yeah. enough. I just – He's just not the guy. He's, he's really just not simple. a Super Bowl quarterback. Yeah. Right. Like winner. Yeah. I mean, you look at the history of it. He's just not going to be a guy that wins you Super Bowls. Yeah. It's just you have to look at it. And, and, like, Giants, Giants front offs, open your eyes, right? It can't be that crazy to see. He's never been a crazy talented guy. He's a smart guy. Um, but he uses his legs well. That's really what opens his game up. But when he doesn't have the greatest receivers either, it's hard to go in every week and expect big numbers from yeah, this guy. Yeah, you know, I saw, I, I saw a good analogy about Daniel Jones, um, a, a football podcast. I watched the Bootleg Football Podcast. And one of their guys had the perfect analogy for Daniel Jones. He said, Daniel Jones is like a ham sandwich that you bring to school for lunch. It's perfectly fine. It's just, it'll it'll fill you up. It'll do boring. the job. But one of these days, that kid sitting next to you is gonna bring home two is gonna bring two pieces of pizza from last night yeah. to school. And then you're gonna think, man, I really could have had something like pizza, yeah. but I've got a ham sandwich. Yeah. That's Daniel Jones. He's consistent. Yeah. yeah. He's just fine, but he's not just gonna enough. get you. Yeah. He's just, not gonna get you where you need to be. Just yeah. mid. Yeah, yeah I mean, perfect, yeah, the perfect <laughs> explanation. But last night on Monday, the Bills and New Look Jets met on Monday Night Football. Let's talk about this one. First off, obviously the biggest um, story in sports right now, Aaron Rodgers. Obviously, um, I wrote this at the time. I thought he sprained his ankle, but he ruptures his Achilles. How does this affect the Jets' entire season? And if Rodgers finishes this game, uh, is it a different result? I, I don't think the result changes. You know, I think if Aaron Rodgers plays, they still win. Because yeah, yeah. yeah. you look at how the Bills played, the Bills probably played one of their worst games that they could play. Oh, Turnovers, defensively, special teams, they didn't have their best night. And I think if Aaron Rodgers does play, the game probably doesn't even go yeah. to overtime. Yeah. But, you know, it's not about this game. 
when you talk about Aaron Rodgers. It's not about week one. It's about week two season. through yep. 18. Because now you've got to play an entire year with, with a guy who you didn't even think was good enough to keep as your starter this past year as soon as Aaron Rodgers went on the market. Your so that's going to be the tough part is how do they fare with Zach Wilson? Yep. Yeah, I agree. I definitely think. Honestly, if Rodgers finished the game, I don't think the game is close to begin with. With Josh Allen giving them the ball as many yep. times as he did, yeah, it it wouldn't have been that close. But uh, I think this affects their season greatly. I mean, this is really just like it felt like a shot to the heart for me, and I'm not even a Jets fan. It, yeah, that, that is just as a football fan. Yeah, you just kind of see it as like how could how could it have been? Yeah. You know what would have been? Yeah, it's really just unfortunate. But um, yeah, I mean. You got to stick with Zach Wilson at this point. Um, yeah, got to see through. It, it is what it is, man. I yeah. mean, hopefully he's learned a few things from being behind Rodgers for the time that he did get to be behind him. I mean, hopefully that him getting benched maybe made him mature a little bit and realize, yeah. okay, this is a job here and I can't right. just Right, this isn't BYU anymore. Yeah. yeah, so, I mean, hopefully he, he learned some things. And, uh, I mean, all you can really do is just hope for the best for him. Man. Yeah, and after watching last night, I mean, this Jets team looks so – so unhinged with the injury, right? Yeah. They start off slow on rattled. offense. They look rattled, obviously. I mean, losing your quarterback does that to you, though. Yeah. You knew what you had in Zach Wilson. He's not Aaron Rodgers. Obviously, everyone knew that. But your defense goes out and just shuts them down, yeah. shuts the Bills down. Phenomenal. Every drive, every drive. It's just, it was amazing to see. Um, but towards the end, I mean, they got light in them. You know, they, yeah. they, had, they had a lot of fire in them on offense. Yeah. Look at Brees Hall, just feed them. Yeah, and, he's outstanding, and dude. Garrett Wilson gets open. Alan Lazard kind of contributes. Just kind of think of it down the line, man. This affects their season huge because I think they were going to be the, one of the most exciting teams to watch in yeah. football itself if Rodgers was that quarterback. Yeah. But here's the thing. If you want to take a silver lining from all this, it's that you talk about Brees Hall. You talk about Dalvin Cook, who played well. You yep. talk about the defense. You talk about the coaching. This team is built to win without a superstar quarterback. They've got good weapons that were put around Aaron Rodgers. They've yeah. got a solid offensive line. They've got one of the best defenses in football. They're built to win even without a yeah. superstar quarterback. Yeah. So there's your silver lining, you know. But your defense isn't going to go play every single no. game, right? Yeah. And you can't bank on Josh Allen turning the ball over four times. Yeah. You right, can't right, bank right. on the Bills not playing as well as they did. You're going to have your off days where yeah. your defense or somebody or even it's Zach just not Wilson their day. is going to go have to make a play to go and win mm -hmm. a football game. But we'll cross that bridge when we get there because right now we've got the defense to stop people and we've got a running game to lean on. We can go put a hat on a hat and go hit somebody. Yep. What do you, th you think so too? Uh, absolutely. I think uh, it's just what he said. I mean, I, really, I feel like the best case scenario for the Jets is, first of all, just if Zach Wilson can just keep the ball in the Jets' hands and just – Yes. Yes. Just, yes if, dude. If, he, if he can just be a game manager, I feel like the Jets Run. will be just fine. Run the ball. That's yeah. all I got to say. But Josh Allen, like you mentioned, threw three interceptions, fumbled it once last night. Is he getting any better? I mean, right? He just got this huge contract. Yeah. And then it's like he said yesterday, last night. He said same stuff, different, different, different time. Yeah, different yeah. place, different time. But just talk about his night last night. It was about as bad as it's going to get for a guy like Josh Allen. But you're going to take him having one game like that to give you everything he gives you. Yeah. You know, I saw some people calling the Buffalo Bills the Minnesota Vikings of the AFC, talking about how they flex their muscles in the regular season. They'll and get to playoffs. They'll show some cracks. 
but they'll get to the playoffs and not have enough. I don't necessarily agree with that. I, I think Josh Allen's one of the better quarterbacks in football. I think so, too. Who just had a really bad night, yeah. just like everybody does. But the, the turnover NFL. issue's there. It's yeah. always been there, it's though. There. You knew that when you drafted him. Yeah. He had turnover problems at Wyoming playing in the whack. Like, you knew the turnover yeah. problems were there. If you could just kind of find a middle ground where he's right. smarter. Yeah. Uh, I think I think the Bills are going to be just fine, right? Yeah. Uh, what do you think, Jade? Uh, I don't think he's getting any better. I think he'll stay at this level for a while because, really? like you said, he's been having this turnover issue since he was at Wyoming, and this is still yeah. something he hasn't corrected. And I think part of the problem is he knows the type of arm talent that he has, he knows the type of weapons that he has, and he loves throwing that ball downfield. I yeah. saw a couple, like, two different drives yesterday. If he converts, like, two, three first downs in a row, he's taking a shot downfield every time. Yeah. And every time, I think he really just gets – too greedy and instead of yeah. just taking what the defense gives him he tries to go for the big play all the time and yeah you gotta take what the defense gives yeah. yeah but it's really hard to take that out of a quarterback not everybody That's is his game. built yeah. like a tom brady or or like some of these other quarterbacks we see that is just gonna take what you give them they're, they're gonna let the game come to them yeah a lot of the quarterbacks in the nfl tend to chase the game Guys like Patrick Mahomes will go out and chase the game. Jalen Hurts. Andy Reid has had to take that out of him. Yeah. Um, Nick Sirianni has had to try and take that out of Jalen Hurts. Yeah. I'd like to see what Sean McDermott is going to do to try and take that out, out of, of his. Josh Allen. But here's my thing. He was un- unsuccessful on most of his downfield shots. I yeah. mean, he threw two interceptions going 20 yards plus. Yeah. But I think that's his strong suit. So when you're doing that consistently bad – that's when he got in his mind. That's yeah. when he fumbled. That's when he made another bad decision to go and throw it to Whitehead for the third time. But I, I think he played, you look at it after the turnovers, he played okay. Like he played, obviously he had a horrible game. Yeah, but like of outside of the turnovers, he the, played yeah. pretty well. I just thought from one of the league's top quarterbacks, I expected a little better out of him. Yeah, yeah I, I, I agree with that. But I, that's one of those things you say you're not worried about the Bills. I'm yeah. not either. They're still my pick to win that division as it stands. Even though Miami looked good and got out of L.A. with a hard-fought win, you know, it, the Bills are still what they are. They're still a strong team. They're strong defensively. We saw that a lot throughout the night. They're really good in the front seven. I think Buffalo will be just fine. Yeah, I don't want to make too big of a deal out of Josh Allen's performance. But the first interception, I didn't really care too much about that one anyway because, I mean, that was really just like a good punt. I think yeah, it was, it was like, an arm punt. Yeah, I think it was yeah. just like Throws up the 50-50, so yeah, it's, it's third mm-hmm. and like that one, seven. You, you can live with that one. It yeah. was the other two that were really bad. And it the was fumble. straight up in good coverage. Yeah, too. I think if he doesn't fumble that last time, I think they win the game. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, probably so. Um, But just kind of what would you see? What do you see for this team's future as in the Bills? I think season? they're still going to be a good team. I, I still think they're going to win the division. You know, I talk about the defense – um, Matt Milano, all those so guys good. up front. Matt Milano is probably the most underrated. I know we've kind Linebacker. of crowned. I know we've us Saints fans have crowned Demario Demar Davis as the king of underrated players on but the defensive nah, side. Matt Milano, but is dude, Matt. Nobody talks about Matt Milano, so and he is unreal. He flies yeah. around the football field. He's everywhere you need it's him the to job be. Done good in coverage. Good in the pass rush. This Bills defense is going to be just fine. Yeah. The problem is, like you said, about the turnovers. If you could scale back the turnovers. And, and your defense wouldn't be on the field all the time. Right. right. Your defense wouldn't have the chance to break so much. Yeah. I think the Bills would be just fine. Like I, I said, agree. they're still my pick to win the AFC East. Yeah, it's going to come down to a turnovers issue. You, I mean, he let he kept the Jets in that game. Yeah. I think if, if they just get field goals on those drives that he threw those interceptions, that game is so far out of reach that the Jets getting good field position with that fumble probably wouldn't have even mattered at that point. So yeah. he's definitely going to have to scale back the turnovers and um, – 
I think this team will just be just fine. I mean, this team still has really good pieces. Josh Allen is still a a top three quarterback in yeah. my opinion. So th- this team is going to be just fine. Yeah, and I I think unfortunately for you know AFC East fans, I think that aren't the Bills fans. I think this loss really woke them up. I, I do think yeah. so. Just and I know we say that every time with a playoff loss, but dude, last night has got to hurt. Uh, the yeah. way that you go out and lose that and give a team hope like that. But you look at the defense, like Anna said, they're elite compared to last year. That's where they had the questions last year was on the defensive side. They could not stop. Uh, the DBs were just not strong enough. This year they are. Micah Hyde, you have Tredavious White, just really good. in the safety he's position, healthy. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and he's healthy, healthy now. Yeah. So I, I think this team really goes on a Super Bowl run this year. That's kind of my hot Yeah, take. I think they can, especially when you have big question marks elsewhere in the AFC. You know, it – yeah, everybody talked about. Oh, the AFC was was the so Dolphins tough. don't have a defense. There's a lot of questions. The Dolphins don't have a great defense. The Chiefs don't have a great defense yep. and don't have great wide receivers. Don't have a great offense either. Yeah, it's gonna come down to who's gonna make the plays come January. Yep. Yeah. But shifting over to college football it was a very interesting weekend with a few upsets with ranked teams dropping some games. First off, we're though we're gonna talk about LSU really really quick. Um, LSU won against Grambling, 72-10, to 10, just a beatdown. Um, offense looks stunning all night, so we're just going to talk about LSU's questions right now, which is on defense. Defensive backs have not played up to par. That's no, that's no secret. So is this something LSU has to address immediately, and what has to be fixed in that DB room? It just has to gel. You need more game reps. It's really tough that in your first three weeks you get – Florida State, who's one of the best teams in the country. Then you get your lick your wounds game against Grambling, but now you got to go on the road to Starkville. And then you got the golden boot after that against Arkansas. But they throw the ball, man. It's tough. It's a really tough start to your year, and it's not going to get any easier. No, right. You're right. So you've got to figure it out like that. And it's got to happen now, and Mm -hmm. it's got to happen quick. I like it. Yeah, I agree, man. I mean, (laughs) we're about to go. Play an 11 a.m. game in yeah. Starkville, Mississippi, with a bunch of cowbells, which nobody wants to be there. Nobody, nobody. If you're wearing a white jersey, you do not want to be in Starkville, Mississippi, yeah. on at 11 a.m. Yeah. in their first SEC game it, without it, Leach, without Mike Leach. Yeah, are we real? Are we being real about that? That's a tough spot. Yeah. That's yeah. a real tough spot. Yep. But yeah, I gotta agree with Andy, man. I think. They're just gonna have to need more time, and mm-hmm. they're gonna need more time to not be that good because we're gonna have to accept that they're just not that good. So yeah, they're gonna have to suck for a little yeah, bit. Yeah, they're gonna have to suck. So the longer the, that they play together, I think they'll become better as you know the chemistry improves and things like that. But as of this very moment, this is definitely an issue and definitely something that LSU fans are just gonna have to. I don't know, pretend that they don't see or something like that. <laughs> yeah, and, and I think we should definitely be worried about it, obviously, just because they go and, like you guys said, they play an SEC team next week where all they do is throw it pretty much. Yeah. They're not going to throw it as much but as, as years pass, but it could definitely get bad, right? You're, you're looking at a bunch of corners. You know, Obviously, we talked about this so, mon- so many times, but the transfer talent from where we got them, we don't know if they're going to get so tired after so long, you know, right, yeah. but... I think they're going to get better. It's just a matter of when that is going to be. It yeah. has to be sooner than later for LSU. But who has to step up for LSU in order for them to come out of Starkville with a dub? What does LSU also have to kind of do, like in terms of DB and coverage, to keep Rodgers from throwing 400? It's going to be a lot of man coverage. Um, yeah. You know, we talk all the time about Mississippi State's passing attack. 
the best rushing offense. Now, I understand they haven't played any tough games yet, but the number one rushing offense in the SEC right now, Mississippi State. Mm. They run the ball really well, too. And But that's always been Mike Leach's game. Everybody talks about Mike Leach, and this is still Mike Leach's offense. It is. It, is. it hasn't changed. But it's, it's not just, Mike Leach calling plays. But it's not Mike Leach calling plays. That's the only thing that's different. But what Mississippi State will continue to do is they're going to stretch you out vertically, and mm-hmm. then they're going to run the ball and make you work to stop them yep. with only five or six or, or seven guys. You're not going to be able to load up a box yep. and stop them running the ball. Yeah, yeah. I think these guys are they're going to be able to have to be able to cover a lot of ground this weekend, and they're really going to have to be able to make the first tackle. There's probably nothing that makes me matter than seeing a guy miss tackle yeah. and somebody get an extra eight or nine yards because you didn't do yes. your job the first time. So. They're really going to have to tackle well. And, again, these DBs are really going to have to come to play. And these D- they cannot be getting picked on. You know, no, you yeah. cannot have a quarterback like saying, Grambling I'm going to target you. Yes. So, like, yeah, they're really just going to have to come to play this Saturday. Yeah, and, and for guys that need to step up, I think Zy Alexander has to be the guy for that group. He's your biggest guy in the in the room. And I said this on Sunday. He's probably your most, at, most athletic yeah. of all of them. But you just have to be better in man coverage in general. I think LSU is going to have to keep everything in front of them, like Andon said, like when we did against Mississippi State last year. Last year. So yeah. Yeah. I think when LSU does play zone, though, I think it has to be a little better than what it was against Florida State. Absolutely. But all it comes down to is limiting those big plays. If you can limit the big plays, you're going to be just fine against this yeah. team. And you're going to have to be able to play downhill. You know, if this defense continues to play on the back foot, they're really yes. still going to struggle. Like, be aggressive. If this man. defense can play downhill, yeah. go put a hat on somebody, go hit somebody. Mm-hmm. You're you're going to have a good shot. Yeah. To you got to make them respect you. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You got to make them feel you. You got to make them respect you. You got to mm-hmm. make them earn everything they're going to yeah. get offensively. That's how you come out of Starkville with a win. Yeah, but saying with the LSU defense, finally we're going to wrap this up with. Uh, but what does LSU have to do in order? to get to Will Rogers, you know, rush four, whether that's what rush four, make, mix it up with the blitz packages, just what do they have to do to get to the quarterback? Because they've been struggling in, in that division as well. Well, the Mississippi State offensive line is good, but it's not a top unit like we like yeah. you saw against Florida State. I think it's going to be a lot of five-man pressures. I think you're going to make mm-hmm. guys play one-on-one, and I dare you to try and double-team somebody. I dare you to try and double-team Mason Smith. I dare you to try and double-team whoever because yeah, yeah. somebody's going to be able to get free. Makai right. Wingo, Savion Jones, Braden Swinson's played really well. You know, you're going to be able to get to Will Rogers. The question is you got you got to be able to do it quick. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, we have, we've yet to see them really just get after the quarterback this season, but I really think this is going to be game that brings yeah. it out of them. I think this is going to be game, the game that they just let loose and just leave it all out there and really, like you said, just go put a hat on somebody and get to the quarterback. Because with a guy like Will Rogers who can really just sling it, you're definitely going to have to get to him, man. Yeah, I think if you're LSU, I think it's as simple as just find your mismatches. Um, I think if if LSU can get guys to rush in different sets and kind of stop just going forward, stop just going twists, to a man. Stunts. Yeah, do some twists, do some stunts. If you can do that successfully, it's going to be a great day for them, yeah. not just a good day. Will Rogers is going to have a, a bad day yeah. if they can kind of mix it up. You made Will Rogers have a bad day in Tiger Stadium last year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You made him f- very uncomfortable, uncomfortable all game, yeah. and he wasn't able to have those deep shots down the field. Yep. If you can make Mississippi State work within the chains, if you can make them work within right. the sticks 10 yards or shorter, you're going to have a good yeah. chance of beating and, and force them. 
to kind of take the deep shot, you know, gamble on yourself a little bit. Yeah. But that's that's kind of all I have for the DB room. But but yeah, moving, I, I what, think it's gonna be simple. What you say? I think yeah. as long as they don't get beaten by the big plays, I think they'll be just fine. Because yeah. that's what that's really what it was against Florida State. It was just deep big shot plays. after deep big shot, plays. and Keon Coleman was just feasting on that yeah. DB, DB room. Yeah, but moving on, um, another college football game that did not disappoint occurred in Tuscaloosa this past Saturday. The Texas Longhorns defeated Nick Saban and Alabama by a score of 34-24, to handing Saban his biggest loss at Bryant-Denny in his career, which is 10 points. That's crazy. Starting off, I asked Jaden this on Sunday, but this is more so is this more so Texas being back or is it Alabama just being a little bit overrated coming into this one? This is one that took me completely by surprise. I asked, I told everybody who would who asked me about it on Saturday, Bama's probably going to go win this game by two touchdowns. Really? I just didn't think that Texas had that kind of power to go to Tuscaloosa and really punk Alabama. Oh, That's yeah. really what it was. They, they punked Alabama. And the score Alabama. doesn't show how, no, how much the they score does. And I, I told my dad this on Monday morning. I said, man, I went back and watched it because I did. I went back and watched some of the yep. film from it. Texas bullied Alabama they for did. 60 minutes, yep. man. And it was really, really weird to watch a Nick Saban coach team in Tuscaloosa. Get that out dog. Just get out dogged, out pushed, yeah. out battled. I think it's a mix of both. I think Bama is not as good as everybody said they yep. were going to be, but I think Texas is really good this year. Yeah. Yeah, it's really that simple. Texas is really good, and uh, they're way better than anybody thought they were. I thought they could have beaten Bama last year. I thought they. Kind of just and they should have. They got dealt a bad hand, but you know it is what it is. But they got them back this year, and um, yeah, I definitely think Bama. I don't even think they're a little overrated. I think it's just people didn't realize that they weren't that good to begin with. People always just kind of give the benefit of the doubt to Alabama with them being Alabama. People don't even really take the time to look into, okay, who's on the roster, who's the coordinator, mm-hmm. who's that quarterback. What, what kind of schemes do they like to run? What, yeah. kind of, yeah. what kind of plays do they like to run? How is that going to match up against this team, that team, and things like that? So I'll eat I definitely that think one. it's just – yeah, I think it's mm-hmm. just people just – they don't take the time to look into. And I I get it. I mean, it's Alabama. You just feel like you don't really need to. They have they do the same thing every year, consistently one of yeah. the better teams in the nation. So I think, yeah, like I agree with you guys both. I think it's both. Uh, I think Texas has all the talent in the world now. And, and with Ewers, he's taking a really big step forward in his game. But the Big 12 is not very strong this year, so I think they're going to go out and kind of cruise. But as for Alabama, this is the biggest question I, I, than they thought. Um, Jalen Milrow, uh, the quarterback situation is just not great for Alabama right now. I don't think he can win games against elite defenses if we're, if we're being real. But lucky for him, there's not really an elite defense in the SEC West right now. Yeah, yeah it, it's really a lot of, you know, questions about the SEC West in total and in the SEC in in general yeah. you know nobody outside of Georgia who's played two cupcakes like is on their schedule nobody's really said we're here in the SEC we're going to go out and we're going to take this conference yeah 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 i got to agree um this makes things way more interesting than before and i'm kind of glad to see it that way cuz it it really just gets annoying with you know you want to give Bama or Georgia the crown mm-hmm. every year. So I'd much rather it be this way. But, yeah, I think this just makes things way more interesting. And now yeah. people actually are going to want to tune into these games yeah. and, and that the, much more. Yeah, the will to win uh, is going to be a lot more for this for these teams now just yeah. because the margin of error. You can't lose yeah, another right. game if you're LSU or if you're 
Bama, Bama. or if you're Texas A&M. And that's so what's going to talk make, about that. That's what's going to make these games really important. Is LSU can go lose in Starkville next week yeah, and, and still win the SEC, but still win the SEC West because they went out and beat Bama. Yeah. Or Texas A&M beat Bama, who beat Ole Miss, who beat Arkansas, and Arkansas. All you se- beat Arkansas. Yeah. All yeah. seven of those teams can feasibly go out and beat any of the other seven yep. teams. Yeah. I'm not saying that they look will look out for yeah. Bama to to lose to Arkansas. But, man, it could happen. It's possible. It's super possible because this isn't the same Bama, just like it's not the same LSU, just like it's not the same for the bottom half teams. This isn't the same Auburn. This Mm -hmm. isn't the same Arkansas. All these teams are right around that same level this year, I feel. Yeah, and and I think, like you said, Andon, I think just it tells you how it's completely wide open now with with not only the Bama loss but the A&M loss too. Uh, We thought that the SEC was going to be heavy this year, but it's actually a down year for them uh, in my opinion. But it just shows every everyone's vulnerable now. Yeah. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if Bama loses another one this year. Yeah, everyone's there to be got. You know, mm-hmm. I can easily, with how they played against Texas, and this is going to shock people, Bama could lose four games this year. You've yeah. already dropped one to Texas. I could find three more on the schedule real quick. They're like, man, if Bama plays like that, like they did against Texas against LSU or against yeah. Texas A&M, especially against Ole Miss. If you ask me who the strongest team in the SEC West is right now, Ole Miss would probably be my answer. That was my answer, too. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely think if you're a Bama fan, you're scared. You might be trying to tell yourself that you're not. But, again, we said this on the Sunday show. Uh, they don't have that roster, that immensely talented roster yeah. that they've had the previous decade, decade and yeah. a half, whatever it is. You know, they don't have the ability to just – a five star get hurt. And I'm gonna go find another five star on the bench and put right. Him we got yeah, another exactly. guy. Yeah, we got exactly. two guys behind him. Yes, that can do yeah. they don't. They don't have that. It's not anymore. like you got so now two these of. guys are really going to have to play football and right. mistake free football at that. Yeah. Uh, but for Texas, they go on to play two more ranked teams this season in Kansas State and then Oklahoma. Do they win out and make the playoff? What's your thoughts on that? If Texas wins out, they're in. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, that's that's what's in front of you. You yeah. know, right now. Ohio State doesn't necessarily look outstanding. Michigan doesn't necessarily look outstanding. Right, right now, I think the only team that you can really pencil into the college football FSU. playoff is Georgia and Florida State. Yep. Yeah. So that leaves two spots. Even Georgia hasn't looked like. Yeah, but I mean, the, you look at who they've played. Georgia hasn't been great. There's a lot of questions about Carson Beck and that offense. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of questions about can Florida State go to Death Valley and, and beat Clemson? There's a lot of questions going on about who's coming out of the ACC. And the conference that nobody's talking about, which pound for pound might be the strongest one this year, the Pac-12 looks outstanding this Mm -hmm. year. They look great. From top to bottom, they've got good football teams. Yeah, I think think Texas is going to eventually get in. I mean, they're number four right now, so if it started today, they'd be in. But I also think a lot of the playoff – I think a lot of people want to see Texas in the college football playoff. They've been trying to push the narrative for the past few years of – are they back? Are they not? And I think this is the year that they finally are, quote unquote, quote unquote back. back. Yeah. So yeah, I think they'll end up getting in for sure. Yeah, I think they're quote unquote back, as in like they will make the playoff this year. Yeah. They're not gonna do anything in it, but I mean, it's big, big for I the program, know, a, dude. It, man, that's, I think it's big for the program. Texas looked really good. For they looked good, quarters. but Steve Bama's Sarkeesian, just not as talented. Steve Sarkeesian figuring it out though, man. Yeah. I'm telling you, look out for Texas. This is the kind of year where nobody has really put themselves a cut above the rest. And I think you could start expecting this year and year out from college football with more NIL and more conference realignment. We're starting to regulate that, man, where everybody's good. 
everybody's got that kind of talent. It's not going to be dynasties anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And lastly, we're really quick, really quick. Uh, we're going to talk about a team that just continues to impress. Uh, Coach Prime in Colorado are putting the college football world on notice after two straight wins to start off the year. They defeated Nebraska by a score of 36 to 14. Shadur Sanders obviously impressed once again, throwing for nearly 400 yards, two touchdowns, and a rushing touchdown. Is this a team that America needs to start taking seriously? Jaden, what's what's your thoughts? <laughs> I'm gonna say yes. You have to take them seriously. I don't, not seriously as to the fact that you're making them a contender or anything yeah, like yeah. that. But this is definitely a team. Like I feel like at first everybody was kind of just like, oh, you know, Dion's coaching a team. He's got his son playing at quarterback. Yeah, that, you know, you that's, know, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think at first it was that sort of thing, but now people see that. Oh man, these guys are actually good. They actually yeah. have weapons, and these guys can win games. These guys know what they're doing. They're right. not just, you know, in over their heads. So. I definitely think this is a team that the college football world needs to start taking seriously. I mean, look, when Vegas sets your over-under for wins at four and you're already 2-0, and oh, yeah, we need to start taking yeah. you seriously. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying that TCU and, and Nebraska are world-beating level teams. You yeah. know, Nebraska's got a lot of questions, especially on yeah, the offensive do. side of the ball. But they beat the heck out of them. It but wasn't like you close. went out and you dominated, yeah. man. Yeah. You dominated. You did what you needed to do. You've got two wins on the board. And Colorado State next, and so you've got a good game against Colorado. I'm State counting next. as three and zero. It's going to be three and zero. Yeah, I mean, you start out three and zero going into conference play. I'm not sure what their conference schedule. You got Oregon up after as. that. Are they away? Are uh, they at Oregon? I think they're at home. But that's a good, that's but a either way, you you, you have man. to win. Like I said, let's shift into this really quick. Last question: Can they make some noise? As in, they have Oregon, USC, UCLA. Oregon State, Washington State, and Utah. These are all ranked teams right now. I think they can beat Oregon. I don't think they can beat USC. Well, I'm not going to say can. I think they can beat Oregon. I don't think they beat USC. I, I think USC is just far superiorly talented. You know, they got the exceptional quarterback play, which is something that both teams, Colorado has beaten so far, has not had at all. Yeah. And that's really been a problem and something that they've been able to capitalize on. But I for sure I think they they're talented enough to beat Oregon and yeah. I think they can make enough plays to outstand and outlast Oregon. Right now as it stands I think they can go get anybody. You know, I said coming into the year that I I was a I was a doubter in the actual football. You know, I've never doubted Deion Sanders as a man, as a recruiter, as a as a man manager, but I had a lot of questions about the football. Yeah. And so far the football looks really really good. Yeah. You know, and I think they can go get a team like a USC yeah. or a UCLA or Oregon State, or a Utah. They can go beat those teams yeah, if, they can. if they get some bounces their way. I think that you're looking at a seven- or eight-win football team. Oh, wow. If they can go out and make some plays, and they're yeah. going to make a solid bowl game this year. I'm going to say six games. I think they went six games on the dot, um, which is still really good. You went from winning one game last year to going and winning six and being bowl eligible, and that's in one year with 46 transfers. So yeah. I, I, I really think what Dion's doing is really good. Um, but – that is going to do it all for us today on the Hodges Huddle. Thanks to Jaden Smith and Andon Bravan for joining us today. I'm your host, Andre Champagne, and this has been the Hodges Huddle.